Let's pass the vazool, baby. Come on in. Screamers! Welcome to the Scream Until You Like It podcast. I am Clint Santino, which of course is a reference to the movie we're going to watch today. Mike, deliver us from this movie, aka Evil Mike, is here with me as well. And we have a special guest. We have Nicole Banna here. Um, not her real name, but <laughs> we shall get into that shortly. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Just wonderful. Wonderful. Good, wonderful. good. How are you? Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty good. It's a uh, it's a nice Sunday. Thankfully, it's not super cold this weekend. Um, I was worried that we were going straight into like really cold weather, like mm-hmm. uh, what feels like a little early. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I don't really need to have like snow on the ground to feel like it's winter. Hate snow. Um, yeah, I'll take the cold. Just not, you know, people are like, oh, I love it. Well, we want a white Christmas. No, when you got to drive in that shit, it sucks. So yeah. like... <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I don't need no snow. I don't need any ice. I don't even need the cold. So you keep that too. Um... <laughs> Actually warmed up around here. It got up to like almost uh, 60, 60 yesterday and almost 60 today. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty warm. Uh, it was, it was actually nice weather to be out in the woods, you know, looking at my phone and not what I was, <laughs> you know, supposed to do out there. So, so we got together today to talk about a movie from I don't know what year was this? 2014? 2014. 2014. 2014 called "Deliver Us from Evil," which, um, you know, right off the bat, I don't feel like that's a very inventive title. I think there's uh, more than one movie that has this title. Um, Feels like kind of generic and cookie cutter, if I'm being honest. But uh, but I won't nitpick the title too much because it actually does kind of fit what they were trying to do with this movie, I think. Um, and there's plenty of other stuff to nitpick. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> for sure. Now, <laughs> I'm pretty new to this movie. I've watched it a couple of times now. Mike, are you pretty new to this one, too? I saw it in a theater and up really? until last week. I probably never watched it again until we watched it last week, and now I watched it again today. Okay, okay. Hopefully, hopefully that'll be it. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, what's your uh, experience with this film? When did you see it first? Uh, saw it in the theater, and okay. uh, have the DVD. Watch it occasionally. It's it's a good comfort movie for me. Wow! Bought the physical media. Bought the physical media. You are in. This is. It's Banya. Had to. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. I own What? I'm sorry, Mike. What was that? I own it too, and I've never <laughs> believed it. It's one of the really? I bought and never watched until last week when we watched it. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! I didn't even know that. Yeah, I had to find a place to to stream it. You know, I had to get on our friends' um, movie server. movie server. 
and uh, and streaming off of that. So I'm on a on a sharing platform with a few nice folks, um, and uh, that was that was on there, and I watched it there. So I don't know any um, any first impressions of this movie that you'd like to share before we really crack into it. I let Nicole go first because <laughs> might as well get the positive in there now. <laughs> I love this movie. I love the whole cast was great. Story was great. Effects were great. A lot of jumping scenes. Just an overall great flick. Okay. Mike? There we go. <laughs> I got a lot of issues with this movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot. Okay. But I felt it could have been better. I don't think the story was that bad. I don't think the casting was good. And, like, I love Mikhail. I love him as a comedian. I don't think, I think he plays an awful cop, you know. He And he was an awful cop in the movie. He got killed. He brought <laughs> knife to a gunfight. He was like, he was just. And I still like him. I, I like him a lot. I don't yeah. think he was the right for this movie. I mean, we all agreed Banner's accent was atrocious. What? Get was. out. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah i don't know uh, uh liking this movie really stems on if you care for possession flicks mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like not everybody likes a possession flick um and i i'm on the fence about it i i i'm okay with them i i do like some some better than others uh this made a pretty honest attempt at it i feel um, and I, I just had some, some issues, you know, with, you know, things that you're saying, Mike, like, uh, casting, um, some of the, some of the acting wasn't the way I wanted it to be. Um, uh, I had some problems with some of the pacing. Um, and I feel in the end, they kind of lost me at one point. And, and I think I'll, I'll get a chance to explain that as we go on, but, but uh, I'm not going to dump on it right out of the gate because there, i will there's some no, I'm like, <laughs> there's some I, cool cool things that we can uh we can hit on here and and i think it's it's good to do that <laughs> uh, and of course i did score this movie in my my typical fashion so uh i have my my um checklist and uh and i'll kind of run through it briefly when we get a chance to do that so Maybe we'll just break into it. Um, so this starts out. We um, we have a platoon in Iraq, and they are uh, engaging with some the enemy. Yeah, the enemy. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. And uh, <laughs> they're exchanging fire. They end up uh, getting closer and closer to them. Uh, there's some some weird shit going on in the um, in the little wooded area that they end up in you know a bunch of like spiders on trees snakes on the ground you know things like that and uh they end up finding this uh underground bunker and it was actually four of them i didn't catch it till my second watch one guy mm -hmm. as they're running gets shot in the head immediately mm -hmm. yeah well he was probably the lucky one i don't know yeah he probably <laughs> So uh, as we progress, we'll find out he probably had it good. Um, so 
they go down into this underground bunker thing, which looks really strange. Looks kind of out of place, if I'm being honest, because um, uh, it's a lot of like stone steps and stone cut block walls and things like that. They get down in there and some weird shit happens. Get bats flying out. You see writing on the wall. They start acting all weird. Um, and that's basically where they cut it. Um, so you get the impression that they were affected by something down there. Um, and now we basically cut to New York. So we're on the streets of New York and we immediately get a pretty disturbing scene, uh, which is uh, good old detective uh, Ralph Sarchi uh, trying to perform CPR on a baby that he found in a dumpster. So, um, I mean, I know they did that for effect and impact, but man, I don't like that shit. No. Um, anything I missed in the first scene, anything that anybody wants to cover? Nope. That was pretty much how it happened. Um, I do have a comment about the, the whole baby in the dumpster thing. I think I'm glad they put it in there only because it added to the realism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a New York city cop, those are the things that they're going to come across. Those are the things that they see. Mm-hmm. And I think it just, it, it just made an impact on how real this is, you know, yeah. and why Sarchi is so tough and angry and, you know, mm-hmm. closed off from his family. And I think it's good that they put that scene in there. Yeah. I really feel like they tried to build that um, yeah. to, to show you what uh, Sarchi's character is dealing with. Um, and they did that progressively throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, just gave you a, accumulation of things that he dealt with um and they they keep alluding to an event um just periodically it keeps coming up throughout the movie something mm-hmm. um in his past that he doesn't want to talk about yeah um and so basically we have we have the baby scene uh immediately they move on to um, him and his uh partner uh butler uh, played by our uh, our good friend Joel McHale. Um, yeah, I, I say that I don't even know the guy, um, <laughs> but I like him. He's a he's a comedian. I think he's fun. Um, um, he's and yeah, this is kind of a strange role for him because it's it seems so far out of his wheelhouse, like out of character for him. Um, Definitely, I really feel like he gave it an honest try. Um, I'm going to shit on their unmarked SUV right away. Why'd that thing have rims? <laughs> you know what I mean? Thing looked like it was lifted. had these big old, like, I don't know, like 24 inch rims or something uh-huh. like that. These little tiny ass two inch tires. I mean, well, why's a police car got that? It shouldn't. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we just ignore that all together. And uh, we get, you know, Sarchi played by Eric Bana. You know, um, immediately given his um, um, his partner, Butler, shit about what's on his head. He's like, what's that? He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, on your head. Like, it's a hat. He's like, it's a fucking Red Sox hat. Oh, you my know? God. <laughs> and you know how I feel about New York movies? That's like, yeah, that was like serving every Yankee fan in the world is going to string you up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, when a Yankees fan streaks you up by your balls, I'm gonna be down there laughing. Yeah. You know, like I can't figure out what his accent was. It was all over the place, and and I half expected him to 
you know, slip into his Australian accent at some point because what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I wasn't even aware. I had just found out when, you know, searching, you know, things on this movie. I had no idea that Banya was Australian. Oh, really? I didn't okay. have a clue that he was Australian. So that was a shock to me. And I'm like, okay, now I understand why the accent was so bad. I think he was just trying to over, overdo yeah. it. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. I had no idea he was Australian. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to say it's the worst accent I ever heard in my life. You know, that, yeah, that, that would be unfair. That would <laughs> be unfair. Close. I've heard some bad ones, um, but um, uh, it wasn't fantastic. Um, mm -hmm which I think was kind of part of the problem. You know, I almost like it better in movies when um, um, they'll take somebody who doesn't have a believable accent and they'll just write it into the script, a reason for why they don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like um, dumb example also, but like um, you remember that Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, nowhere to run. Yeah. Um, they wrote it into the script that he's from Quebec. So like, they're like, Oh, okay. Well, that's why. He's got this yeah. very thick, like French sounding accent because he's from Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they didn't do that here. So uh, also because this was based on a true story. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so they wanted us to to feel that he was uh, somebody who was born and bred in the Bronx and, and he worked as a cop there his whole life. And um, other than when he had his military experience, which they, they claim right up front here that he was a Marine, I believe. Um, so, and I think maybe the reason why, um, you didn't immediately know that Eric Bana was from Australia is because you never really saw the work <coughs> that he did before he started working in American films. Exactly. So yeah. you, you saw him doing stuff like Black Hawk Down, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Time um, Traveler's Wife, you know, yeah. things like that, where he had an American accent. Yeah. We don't what? talk about the Hulk. We don't talk yeah. about that? That's okay. the all time worst Hulk movie Nobody, like, especially in the comic world, yeah. like, nobody likes that. That's a yeah. freaking horrible movie. Yeah. Who ruined it? Nick Nolte? I mean. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> That's, I think I saw it when it first came out, and I've never, I will never watch it again. I was, that movie gets a lot of hate. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, I saw it once. I, I can honestly tell you, I don't remember. Ang Angsty or something? It. Yeah, it was yeah, I don't, I don't remember a thing about it. So that tells me how awesome it was because it, it was I, so I bad that memory. It was so bad that whenever I see Ben in a movie, I'm like, oh, the fucking Hulk movie. That's like the first <laughs> thing that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, he's a good looking dude. I'm not going to call him a bad actor or anything like that, you know. Um, but the, this one was tough. Um, every time. I had a problem with his accent. It kind of just took me right out of the scene because I, I wasn't believing in his character. Um, but he gave it a hell of a try. Uh, I'll give him that. Yeah. All right. So for some reason, they hear a call come through on the radio. It's a domestic call. And basically, he hops on with dispatch and says, we'll tag it. And That's like, because of his radar. Yeah, yeah. That was another part of this movie I didn't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His uh, sidekick is like, "Oh shit, radar!" You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, he's like, you're an adrenaline junkie. Said, so if I don't have my radar, you don't get your your fix. Yeah. You know? So, 
He's like, all right. So they run off down the road to go to this this <laughs> domestic call, right? So, um, and I thought that was a real weird way to explain that little gimmick, you know, that uh, he just gets feelings about things, you yeah. know, and um, um, his partner's been with him long enough that he knows what that's about. And uh, of course, he's always in because he's always itching for a fight. Um, and um, what was, what was the other thing I was going to say on that? Um, that, uh, oh, yeah, usually when you have your radar, you end up leaving with stitches. Stitches. So, yeah. so foreshadowing, you know, we got some of that here. Um, and another disturbing scene, which I know they did it for effect, but this is actually part of the overall storyline. So the baby thing really wasn't. That was just a, a character thing. This scene, we find out eventually, um, is directly related to the main storyline. Yeah. This is Jimmy Tratner, one of the, one of the Marines that that was in Iraq in 2010. Right. I just call him Wife Beater. Wife so beater. Yeah, when you hear when you hear me say that, we're going to be talking about Jimmy. Um, so like, um, they see him at the door. You know, like, what do you want? It's like you're here by yourself. He's like, oh, my wife. He's like, gonna have to see her. So like, um, uh, there's a guy. Right. So he just lets the door swing open and they walk him into the other room. And he's like, there she is. Now you can get the fuck out. And um, and of course, Joel's like, oh, it's made on vacation, you know, because there's shit all <laughs> over the place. You know, the place looks like it's been tossed. You know yeah. what I mean? Like um, like they were really um, like the woman was getting thrown around the room or something like that. Um, and um, of course, they're. I don't know. They said something. Maybe she was worried they were going to walk out without doing anything. So she looks up at him. They see their faces all beat to shit. Um, and she's super upset, you know, and he tells the guy, all right, that's it. Put your shirt on. And he's like, you're not putting me in jail. And he's like, we'll do this easy way, or the hard way. And uh, mm -hmm. of course, he resists a little bit. He twists up his arm, puts him on the ground and then walks the little girl, you know, their daughter. Um and he tells her very nicely, you know, just wait out there. Everything's fine. And, of course, dude pulls out a knife and cuts his arm. Hence, foreshadowing of the stitches. Yep. <laughs> um, so he breaks away. Joel immediately does like a couple of blocks and punches him in the face. Um, and he has another go at him. He slaps his hands again and shoves him back, pulls out his own knife. And, you know, Sarchi's like, yeah, all right. He's like, I'm good. You know, Um so the guy thinks better of it, just turns around, bolts out the door. And I found the pursuit scene to be a little weird because immediately you would think that Joel's character would run straight at him, straight out, follow him out the door. He waits, waits for Sarchi to get up and come out the door. He goes out first, hops into the car and uh, then um, Butler comes down the steps and chases him down the street right so i don't know what does he do hit him with the car gets out beats him with a flashlight puts the handcuffs on him he, he throws a stick at him <laughs> is that it either a nightstick or whatever but and he trips yeah. him up and then he goes and then proceeds to beat the crap out of him on the car oh that's what it was yeah beats him up he's like oh you like to beat on your wife for kids oh, what you think about me next time you think about that you know as he like wails him in the face like two or three times, you know, and then like uh, <laughs> you know, Butler's like, he's like, whoa, 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 he's had enough. He's like, uh, 
hey, he's a veteran for Christ's sake. You know, <laughs> like that matters if yeah. he's when he's beating his wife. You know what I mean? Come on. Yeah, really. Kick his ass, drag him in. That's all I care about. You know, so uh, I felt like for the most part, that was done pretty well. That wasn't a bad scene. Any thoughts on that scene that I missed? I just think Joe McHale is an awful cop. <laughs> again he pulled out a knife you're a cop what cop pulls out a knife you know take your gun out subdue the guy yeah and then like you said then the guy ran and you didn't even run after him <laughs> so yeah yeah he's gonna make sure his other, that his uh his partner's okay for us hey you're right you know yeah <laughs> i have to interject here <laughs> go for it go for it i love joel McHale in this role he while he is you know usually known as a comedian he did bring a little comedic effect to this movie which i loved and he actually did all of his own stunts he trained for a long time with military i believe with military um to learn how to do the knife fights and he all did that. a lot of knife training he did a lot of it himself i think he did a great job in this role i really which do. didn't help him in the movie because he got killed anyway <laughs> in the theatrical <laughs> version he oh. lived well, oh. he did in the and, theatrical version. You see him in the in the room during the baptism, at the end. Huh. And you know some a funny side note about him. With all the training he did, they said through the whole movie he didn't get cut once. The last day of filming, mm -hmm. he had his son on set. And was like cutting like a piece of a piece of chocolate, chocolate, or something. chocolate or something, something stupid. And he sliced his finger <laughs> sliced and he was bleeding hand. profusely, they said. <laughs> Got through every scene, every knife fight in the movie, and he cuts his finger cutting a piece of chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the way that works, though? That is the way it I mean, works. It is. You know, you're being super careful when you know that, like, oh, this is a dangerous thing I'm doing. You know, it's like mm -hmm. it's you're super focused, you know, and, and you're, and you're just doing it by the numbers, right? Because you want to get through it and have no, no problems or injuries you're doing something stupid that you don't even think you have to think about. Mm -hmm. And you go, yep, Oh, Jesus. You know, you hit the um, right vein and that's it. You're, <laughs> yeah. That's, you're uh... <laughs> and that part was written for him. Yeah. Oh, really? Like there was Sarchi, as far as I read, did not have a, they didn't mention a partner or anything that, role was written for Mikhail. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I didn't, I didn't mind him at all in this. Um, I, I, um, I don't know if I, I found his character to be that believable, but I love the fact that he immersed himself in it and that mm -hmm. he, he did the, the extra work to, to train and, and be believable since they were going to write that in. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not faulting his acting. Yeah. I think his character was written Un, they were unbelievable poorly yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i yeah i now that you mentioned it i do kind of find it kind of weird that oh this guy has a knife i have a knife too and we're just gonna like face yeah. off like we're gonna have a street knife fight here <laughs> he could have like, just pulled his gun out and said, get on the ground <laughs> you know you know like a normal cop like a do. normal cop but that would make the movie boring <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they and, have to write in a fight yeah and it's the adrenaline junkie so you know we can't pull our gun for nothing. We gotta, yeah. We got to do this. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was a little fun. I kind of like that. Um, so, 
then we just slip in this little uh this little scene with uh, a dude who's going through like a workout sequence we don't quite know what he is yet or why they're showing him to us um and uh so we got a this guy looks like um i don't know what did i call him like a romance novel model the or cover of like a that. romance novel yeah this guy it's like the venezuelan know. fabio yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. <laughs> he's a looker he's a looker he is and he's, edgar ramirez yeah he is. he's doing all these like different styles of push-ups stuff like that he's doing chin-ups in his uh mm-hmm. in his little shitty apartment that he's in yeah. then he take then he goes outside and starts running you know like um like rocky or some shit and um for whatever reason um ends up getting all sweaty and goes into a bar and uh, orders a double shot of johnny walker black mm-hmm. some chick hits on him you know he does his shot basically says thank you have a nice night and leaves so mm-hmm. i'm like that was confusing but uh, i was like we'll find out later i'm sure and then we get the zoo mm-hmm. um Anybody else think that felt weird that like we've got all of New York, but we're going to the zoo. No, because animals had something to do with it. They had to have the scene where the lion walked around Santino. Mm -hmm. And we had to have the scene where Jane went nuts and threw her. uh, Sorry if I'm getting ahead. um, Her three-year-old into the lion pit. (laughs) Yeah. And when they show the clip, I mean, that was actually how they filmed it. I mean, I'm sure it was a dummy, but right. it looked like, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> this kid went airborne. She like, yeah, she like tossed him. Yeah, that was that was pretty believable looking, uh, if I'm being honest. I don't know. I, I, I feel like they they chose the zoo because they knew one was there, whoever wrote this, and they just wanted to use the animals for that purpose that you're saying to, to show um odd behavior in animals like i mean it's the bronx there's really not that much i mean it's that's one of the biggest area biggest attractions in the bronx okay do we know do we know if the zoo was really a part of sarchi's story that they didn't mention i don't from all the reading and the stuff i printed they didn't mention the zoo because if that really happened that's you know you know the zoo was in the bronx right yes because when we were watching it you text me you wrote you're like is that in brooklyn (laughs) <laughs> i know it's in the bronx now because you told me i was like no it's in the bronx hence the bronx zoo <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like, is he trying to be funny i was like, I wasn't. <laughs> I was like <laughs> you're also talking to somebody it's in new york it must be in brooklyn new york. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah funny um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like they wanted to use the animal angle, uh, for the purpose of the story, because I think it's easier to show strange behavior in animals than it is in people, you know, sometimes Yeah. like, uh, or more impactful or creepier. I don't know what the real reason for, for doing that, but, uh, that's really what we got here. They got this call to the Bronx zoo. Um, you get a little, a little bit of, um, a thing from, one of the cops that was on scene, you know, talking to Eric Banner's character, Sarchi, um, where he's like, Oh yeah, you're that guy, you know, um, 
uh, Marvin the molester, you know, and then yeah. immediately he didn't want to talk about that. They squashed that right away. So uh, we're, we're getting a little bit more into the background of, of his character um, and, and those things that, that are in his past that he's bothered by. Um, so apparently this woman threw, well, I wrote down two-year-old. Um, it might've been two. I, yeah. I think yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, toddler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everywhere I look, a it's toddler. a toddler. A toddler. <laughs> yeah. And on our first watch, I thought that, uh, that the kid died, um, on this, this watch, I was like, they said that, uh, okay, cracked his head pretty good, you know, but he's probably going to be all yeah. right, you know? Uh, so I, I felt, I guess I felt a little bit better about it. And I spent the rest of the movie thinking, where the hell did the kid go? You know, it's like, who's, who's with this kid? Like they never follow up. I'm sure with other family or something like that, mm-hmm. but, it's, but we find out it's like mom and dad, that ain't happening. Um, so he had to go somewhere. Social services. Yeah. yeah. Well, they mentioned her family too, because when the priest, when Mendoza shows up at the hospital, at the police station, you know, they were like, who are you? And the woman there said, well, the family recommend, you know, require requested that he be here. So she had some type of family mm-hmm. somewhere. So, but like I said, they don't mention if this kid went to social services or a family yeah. or. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I got a few issues with this zoo scene. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Number one, which I thought was kind of funny too. The zoo, the lion keeper, the zookeeper. When they go in the cage and the lions come out, that guy don't give a fuck about Sarge. He just ran out and shut that fucking door. <laughs> Not like even saying, hey, himself. fucking, I don't care if he's a cop or whatever. Say, hey, fucker, come with me. These fucking lions are loose. He yeah. just fucking turned around and bolted. And- <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy. Which is probably yeah. what would probably happen in real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. But when Santino's there painting, it's like, this guy has been there all day painting. And, like, nobody has seen him. They're like, oh, he's still here. Like, <laughs> like you closed the zoo. Like, like people, like, nobody noticed that this guy's like, dude, we're closing the zoo. You're still fucking painting. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they, they, did, they did make it a point to, to say that uh, the zoo lost power. You know, basically right at around the time that she threw her, her kid in there. Um, she's probably still there somewhere, but they don't know where. Well, that's why you're here. You, you got to go find her. Okay. So um, even though the power is out, my first problem was like, why is the fucking carousel still running? You know what I mean? Power's out. But, you know, Butler clearly shines his flashlight on you see the whole thing going around like that and it's yeah. creepy as fuck i can tell why they did that they just that wanted the visual bug carousel that i hate <laughs> yeah. yeah um and of course the animals are acting weird you get the baboons doing some weird shit or, mm-hmm. or whatever they were lemurs <laughs> maybe they were lemurs i couldn't tell he's looking through his like night vision scope thing and i couldn't tell what but that's were. like the same thing that happened in iraq they were showing like all the animals are going yeah like yeah. haywire, yeah. He the gets like bear fucking scares the shit out of Joe McHale. Yeah, I think maybe this is the first time he gets his like little radio squelch thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. Did they do that here? Um, and uh, ultimately, he finds a woman in another enclosure, like 
scratching the ground and like bucking up her fingers on some rocks and stuff like that. And I guess they, they grab her and they take her back out to the, the enclosure area, set her on a, on a bench, you know, he's like, man, what's wrong with you? So he's, <laughs> why'd you do that to your kid? And she starts like, um, um, muttering some stuff. They're like, what's she saying? Yeah, it's the door. It's the song. Jim Morrison, you know, it, like, it is. Uh, oh it yeah. Is spot on Bronx accent. I might, might add. Um, and <laughs> yep, I'm like, uh, and, and then sometimes it's a pet peeve of mine when they, uh, they use the doors as a theme in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, I felt they used the music too much. Um, just a just a personal thought. They did it like once or twice, but like it, it's like that song. Yes, you could see why. Break on through to the other side. Mm-hmm. That song kind of had reference to like what was going on, but then mm-hmm. like all the other scenes were just now we got to hear random door songs the whole movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm not the biggest Doors fan, as you might have guessed. But. Well, I like them. Um, I do too. But um, it's I don't know. Somehow that that particular gimmick didn't work with me here. Um, but but I get what they were doing, um, and and we'll see it a little further as they expose what's actually happening. Um, so like for whatever reason sees this guy in the lion enclosure and they're like who's that guy and they're like oh shit the painter oh he's been here all day didn't realize he was still here and he's like he's like hey i want to talk to you yeah stay right there <laughs> you know and of course immediately drops his paint roller and walks off and instead of yelling at him again he's like he's like get me in there so um they open up the the enclosure because i i guess they think he can't go anywhere um and he walks in and this is what Mike was talking about. Uh, finds out the lions are out and uh, the zookeeper guy just fucks off. You're on your own copper. Yeah. Yeah. If this was a cartoon, he'd be like Shaggy and Scooby, <laughs> you know, like zipping off, you know, around the corner and, and like closing the gate. <laughs> he wasted no time, not a yeah. second when he saw those lines. He just boom, went right in. Yeah. So uh, Sarchi like backs out real cautiously and like finally the zookeeper, you know, yells at him, get in here. Yeah. You know, and uh, hits the button and this gate drops down, you know, Full Indiana Jones roll yeah. with it, yeah. Indiana Jones, <laughs> fucking Jurassic Park, you yeah. know, Jurassic World or whatever, like uh, like he's escaping the raptor enclosure yeah. or something. Exactly. You know, it's like I, I don't know. Do they really have gates like that in in zoos, or did no, they just do like... that for this? I think they did it for the effect. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine they have more manual cages. Nobody, none of these like right. What is that? You know, <laughs> we just hit this. Hit dropping the emergency buttons and the other in gate the garage down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the shutters in a Resident Evil game. <laughs> you know, everything just closes up. Um, <clears throat> anyhow, it was cool looking. You know, it was it was kind of interesting that they did that. Um, and we um, 
we cut away from that. We get to like the precinct. You know, they're having a conversation about the investigation, about how it's going to take some time to get the video footage from the zoo. Um, and of course, um, they overhear, um, you know, Sarchi and Butler overhear a couple of the other guys talking about, oh, I'm so tired of these bullshit calls, wasting their time. And, and they hear that it's like, um, oh, some family called about a noises in their basement, you know, and she got a phone call and like they're telling her close the goddamn doors, you know, and she swore it was, um, I don't remember what it was, her father or something like that. Only problem is he died seven years ago or whatever it was. And that guy had that stupid Yankee jersey on the whole friggin' movie up until the, ver- like, is that the only, I get it. You're a Yankee fan. It's the Bronx, but I mean, really? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the hat scene, and the jersey. Up until the very last scene of the movie, he's in that Yankee jersey. Like, uh-huh. I was like, you dirty bastard, change yeah. your freaking shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is he like, Ernest? He just has a whole bunch of the same <laughs> yeah. outfit, puts it on every day. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. So it, he's like, uh, you guys don't need to take that call. He's like, we got it. Yeah. And uh, Butler's like, oh, more radar. You know, he's like, yeah, 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 let's go. (laughs) So they take the call. They go into the house. They talk to the family that's there. Uh, Clearly um, immigrants, um, just with the way they talk and they have broken English and and their child translates for them a little bit. uh, Just to talk about some of the weird experiences they've been having there. They talk about candles that won't light. And, and, but they clarify that they're basically like holy candles and they, they, they can't stay lit in the house. Like something keeps extinguishing them. Don't you change your light bulbs? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like the power never works in the house. Apparently (laughs) the guy said, no matter how many times we change them, they go out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, so they want to see the basement because they found out that there was, uh, some painting happened down there. They're like, oh, more painting, you know. So for whatever reason, we're getting this connection with painting walls. So like we got the zoo where the dude is painting the walls in the enclosure. We get the basement with painting down there. So they're they're like, you need to take a light because there's no lights down there. And they go down there. They check it out. They try to do some banner back and forth where they like, you know, make jokes with each other. Oh, you should have been a plumber in another life. You know, Uh, they see a, a rat or a mouse get caught in a trap. It's like, want to read him his rights you just want to <laughs> shoot him while he's down you know that type of shit um but they they get into the one area um well, i don't know why the tail taps out there's another oh does he crappy cop moment he's like yeah it stinks down here i'm going so he leaves his partner down there by himself i'm what? going up to get some In fresh uncleared air. room yeah so stupid <laughs> but <laughs> yeah so there was some weird writing in this. Uh, these people probably wouldn't behave this way. Um, but he's messing around with uh, some stuff. I don't know. The body just randomly falls out of this, like this upper area down onto the ground. Uh, clearly dead. Um, and for although it's been dead for a while. It was the yeah. flies, wasn't it? Was the wall covered in flies or, or, no, not there were, but not not yet. They all okay. came out of the body. Yeah, okay. Like yeah. the body, the stomach, yeah, burst open, and everything shit started yeah. flying out. First creepy thing was the eyes shifted and looked. Yeah, at it, and they yeah. were dead. 
they were dead and blind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they shifted and looked at him, and then mm-hmm. just like everything just erupted out of this body. Stomach split open. Like this family never knew stuff this came guy. out. The family never knew this guy. Never came out of the basement. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> like. I don't know. But like, yeah. I don't care if you're an immigrant family, American family, as the father in the house, and you got a son and you got a wife and you guys, wouldn't you go down there and see what the hell's going on? I mean, mm-hmm. like, how long has this body been down there and you didn't go down yeah. and check out what's going on in your own house? Yeah, you got workers in the house. You're going to make sure they all leave. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would. Anybody like would. <laughs> you're going to walk up and, like, what? I'm going to write a check for the bill and like, you're going to leave and I'm not going to say, Hey, where's the other guy? You yeah. know, <laughs> or, or however that worked. But uh, like in my brain, I'm like, yeah, wait a minute. Two came in, one goes out. What's happening here? Yeah. Somebody's uh, still in my house somewhere. <laughs> so they determined that the guy's one of the painters. Uh, they backtrack it to his apartment. His apartment's freaking disgusting. It's like um, Joe's apartment. Yeah, you see that movie with the roaches all over? <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah. Um, they see from a, a picture that uh, the, this dude is um, in an Iraq photo, um, like in country, in uniform, next to the wife beater guy. Um, um, or they're both in it. No, they're on the sides of the picture. He's on one side of the picture, the wife beater guy's on the other. So they, they kind of draw a connection between the two of them. Um, and I think this is the scene where you find the dead cat. Yes. But they also find a picture with him, with the woman who threw the kid in the enclosure, Jane Crenna. Jane. Oh, so they yeah. know he's her husband. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So this dude's connected to everybody. So he's dead. She's in the loony bin at the moment. Um, or is going there. Um, and then we get kind of like a intimate, like family scene, sort of. He's just sitting there all moody at the breakfast table uh, as they cut to that scene. Wife just nonchalantly tells him that she's pregnant and and his reaction is kind of slow. You know, oh, no, it's great. No, I'm, I'm really happy, you know, about that. Oh, how long have you known? A week? Oh, a week. Why didn't you tell me? You know, so you can tell that they're a little distant um, and it's I think the point that they're trying to make is it's difficult to love a cop, you know what yeah. I mean, in his line of work. Uh, um, and I imagine that's true for a lot of people. Um, it it seemed strained. The family dynamic wasn't really working for me uh, in this. And they tried really hard to make it a part of this story. Um, I'm not saying that it's not necessary. I'm not saying it wasn't true, you know, of, <clears throat> of this real life person, you know, Sarchi. Um but um, I almost feel like it was a mechanic that the movie didn't need uh, necessarily. Um, and it kind of muddied things up for me later in the story. But we'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, so, so far, this story's kind of making sense. There, there's a real linear feel to this. Like, uh, it feels like a detective story. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... Any thoughts on that? Anybody disagree so, with that? And now they now they officially know Santino was the guy they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It definitely seems that way. Um, so they get the footage from the zoo. The priest shows up, has a you know, who we did not know was a priest before. We know it now because um uh, Where's your Sar- collar? 
Yeah, yeah. He goes, I'm undercover, <laughs> just like you. Yeah. So she's like, what? His car yeah. didn't have rims. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what can we do for you, father? You know, and yeah, uh, he's he's like, he's like, are you he's like, uh, you're Catholic or something? He's like, uh, it's the second time you call me father. He's like, I was raised Catholic, you know. So they have this strange conversation about him not going to church anymore. He goes, I'm um, growing. He goes, you outgrew God. <laughs> I'm like, oh, boy, yeah, here it comes. Um, but uh, through this conversation, um, the priest basically wanted to see the footage from the zoo because he knows uh, Jane, uh, the woman who threw a child in the enclosure. Um, and he's known her for years, apparently. Um, and is, says she's not crazy. And, and he's like, he's like, she's crazy. And he's like, nah, no, she's not. Um, and then has this weird conversation about secondary and primary evil um, and uh, evil spirits causing people to do things. Oh, you tell me she's possessed, you know, that type of shit. Yeah. So obviously he doesn't believe him. Um, he can't let him in to see the footage. So they kind of just part ways there. I don't know. Did they watch the footage there? He, he watched the like footage with Butler first. Yeah. Okay. That's where yeah. you get the scene that scared the shit out of Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> But he he's seeing things on the footage that Butler is not seeing. Right, right. Yeah. He's hearing stuff too. Hearing he's hearing static. like radio static. He's hearing the voices of little kids. Mm -hmm. And and Butler doesn't hear a thing. Like, yeah, you fucking with me. Yeah, yeah. He's it, like it's silence. There's nothing there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a flash on the screen. Who we don't know who that is yet. You know. Um, but he's like, you tell me you didn't see that? He's like, see what? <laughs> so uh, you almost get the impression that uh, Sarchi's losing his mind, you know, yeah. uh, from this particular scene. Um, and they uh, see that um, the dude who was painting was painting over some writing on the wall. And he walks over, stares at a camera. He's like, oh, he knew we were coming. I don't know why that means anything. Him staring at a camera. Yeah. Oh, he knew we were coming. Um, and they also see him talking to the lions. Yeah, yeah. He, he pulls like, like actually great. telling the lions what to do. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So great. I love that scene. I did. I mean, it it <laughs> it showed that there was something not just supernatural but evil working yeah. here. That it could control a freaking lion. Yeah. You know, he opens the gate and the lion walks in and he's just standing there. And the lion just looks at him and walks away, you know? Yeah. And, and it kind of gives me uh, a, a new thought that I never had before that maybe uh, Dr. Doolittle was demonically possessed um, <laughs> because that's what this guy did. He talked to this lion and it did exactly did. what he wanted. He did. So <laughs> see that cop over there with that bad accent? <laughs> Fuck him up when he comes in his cage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's like, now get out of my way. <laughs> and um, anyhow, we did find out that all three members uh, that were in that picture uh, from that platoon were dishonorably discharged uh, for attacking um, a chaplain. Yes, um, where they. They didn't say that they, they killed him, but uh, they cut him up pretty good. So that was the reason for why they were no longer in Iraq. They came back because they were discharged um, and they um, are involved in painting. 
They started um, their outfit. They like started this, business together. Yeah, this, yeah, whole, this evil possession thing doesn't work out. We have, we have a side gig anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, we get another uncomfortable um, family scene. You know, yells at his kid. You know, and then he like uh, uses all the bad shit that he saw that week as an excuse for why he's being a dickhead to his kid. Um, and uh, uh, his wife is sympathetic, you know, and she's like, well, I don't know why you talked to you didn't tell me about it. And he's like, he's like, oh, I'm going to go through that. I'm going to come back home and relive it all with you. Um, but it's it's just uh, more of the the struggles of of not being able to have a, um, a relationship I'm where you see eye to eye, you know, with with somebody who who does that line of work. So mm-hmm. they threw it in for that reason. I'm pretty <clears> sure because we want to keep the family in the picture. Um and and show more dynamics to his character. Um, we found out uh, when he went back to see the the woman who was abused by wife beater Jimmy. Yes. Um, she she told him that they started that painting business, the three of them, and um, they came in and they painted his office. That was one of the first things they did. And he's like, "Can you show it to me?" So he goes in and he checks out the office, you know, kind of discovers some of the weird writing was underneath the paint in the office. Um, and him and, too with the scratch marks. Yeah. <clears throat> she said he would just go into fits and just and start scratching, scratching, sometimes even going out into the street and scratching till his fingers mm-hmm. bleed like the woman was doing in the zoo. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And didn't <clears throat> he have the pictures from Iraq on the computer? Well, he had a whole drive. He had drives. And he asked yeah. the woman, he said... She, she said, do you mind if I hang out and check out what's on the drive? And she said, yes, you, you know, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So he did end up getting attacked by the guy, even though he wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. Um, so he struggled with him, you know, kind of in the hallway and like pushed him back. The dude turned around and ran, jumped straight through a window. Just mm-hmm. breaks it out. You know, um, like um, an animal escaping. And it know. must have taken him. Did you see what he scraped off the wall with that little friggin' knife? <laughs> it would have taken hours. Yeah. And mind you, the, the writing on the wall wouldn't be that clear. Like, like. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, got yeah. like perfectly written letters underneath that paint. Like it was fresh paint. That if you would start scraping, you'd scrape the painting underneath too. Yeah. The way he yeah. was doing it. Yeah. But yet he's got like a perfect wall, all legible with that that same. <laughs> yeah. And he and he managed to find you know the part of the drive that you know showed right where they the went exact downstairs. thing that he needed to see with the you know I it would probably would have been like hundreds of hours of footage yeah you know, that he would the have guy was a videographer through. in the military she said yeah yeah so yeah. I'm sure he had if he had a thumb drive or or a flash drive whatever that uh, portable drive it yeah. was probably filled with stuff he found it right away. You know, like he went in there and found a file labeled possession. And uh, <laughs> yeah. just clicked on, oh, this looks interesting. Click on that and sees them go down uh, into the underground that, bunker. And, yeah. Oh, that fine. Same, this is where it happened. same encryption on the wall was the oh, same. Oh, more writing. Yeah. The same writing in the cave mm-hmm. was the same writing in there, the same writing on the zoo. Well, it's uh-huh. the same phrase through the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. I actually read what I looked, I found out what it like said, and I mm-hmm. said, I got a little superstitious. I was like, I didn't want to fucking write it. I was like, I don't need that shit. Oh, I wrote it down. You want me to read it out loud? You could read it. <laughs> sure. We we call upon you 
with force to enter from hell. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. It's creepy. And and he did like this is where they kind of like skipped ahead a little bit in time. Like they condensed a portion of this story because they did the office thing. Uh, he went back to the basement crime scene um, and and took a picture of that, you know, and the whole I think the zoo thing. He already had that available because they they had the stills from the, the video footage. So he kind of just pieced it all together. They were they were all three um, basically the same thing. Um, and they were painting over top of it so people couldn't see it. Um, and he just, he needed to know what it was all about. Uh, he realized that, that Jane went to the zoo more or less to see this, uh, um, what the hell's her name? Santino guy. Mm -hmm. Um, it, so he felt that he had to go see her. So he's like doing some legit linear thinking, some, some detective stuff, even though, uh, we feel like it was a little too convenient, a little too easy, you know, and he, he has the magic knife that scrapes paint off of other paint. Um, yeah. or which we, well, well, we found out it was human blood, right? So yeah. paint, paint, paint doesn't stick blood. to blood, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, <laughs> well, that, now he goes back to Mendoza. Cause he's like, maybe there's something too old. This <laughs> shit he was saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So yeah, so he does, he does go to see Jane in mm. um, in the lockup. Incredibly creepy scene. Very creepy scene, um, and um, the priest shows up for some reason. I guess he called him, and um, and they they go in there, and he tries to question her. Um, she says a little bit mm -hmm. about you know santino had a message for her and uh she wouldn't say what it was and he showed her the picture of the writing is like was this it you know that type of shit she grabs his hand he's like let go of my arm he's like let go of my goddamn arm you know what kind of cop sticks his whole arm and like like you couldn't just show it at their open bars you couldn't just show yeah. it the screen yeah hold it back you know here's my whole yeah. goddamn arms yeah dumb cops do that <laughs> There is very little that I don't like about this movie, but that is one of those you want to look them in the face and just go, how dumb are you? You know, stick your whole arm through the freaking cage of this cell, whatever she's in. And yeah. 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 He deserved to get bitten. She, she bit the fuck <laughs> out of his arm. Yeah. Fuck out of his arm. <laughs> <laughs> Took a chunk. And, and I, I did find it interesting that, um, um, she said the word Marvin to him before he walked away, and um, so this kind of re solidifies, you know, some of the things I've seen other movies, you know, that deal directly with possession that demons just seem to know things about you. Yep, secrets you don't tell other people, things you don't want other people to know, mm -hmm. and this affected him in a way that that kind of illustrated that that this was a sensitive subject for him. So mm -hmm. for the second time now, we've had that name mentioned and it really bothered him. Yeah. Um, and it slammed home the fact that he's dealing with something that is not logical. Right. Right. So um, he doesn't go to the hospital. Instead, <clears throat> a, priest, a priest and a cop walk into a bar. Um, <laughs> he did, didn't he? He said he had to get an HIV test. <laughs> he yeah. said that, but he didn't go anywhere because the, the priest said, <laughs> the priest said, let's get a drink. 
Yeah, don't worry. The barber will clear it up. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. So he's yeah. literally got a bite from a possessed person that looks like <laughs> they were like <clears throat> chewing on garbage or something. You know, and, and well, what was that shit all over her no, face? You know what not, I mean? She was not clean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She was not right. hygienic. She was like foaming. She was like rabid. She was like foaming <laughs> at the mouth. Yeah. She looked diseased. She and he's, he's like, sure, let's go get a drink. So whatever about the bite on his arm, you know, yeah. they're in a bar, you know, talking about the weird writings, you know, listening to the goddamn doors like we weren't going to notice. Well, um, I wrote it down here. Mendoza, this is where he tells him. Writers on the storm starts. <laughs> the writing, he says the writing is a Christian and pagan. Is a The writing is a bridge between Christian and pagan theology, which would allow demons a doorway to the human world. Mm -hmm. And that... Yeah. And that's as he's drinking and smoking. Who he says yeah. he's a what? He doesn't drink anymore. He goes. Oh. He was a. He was a. Goes, I mean, NA, not AA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We find out the priest was a heroin addict, um, and he got sober through NA. And for some reason, he wanted to join the priesthood. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we learn that the writings are portals, you know, or doors and which is why we keep having the doors theme show up mm -hmm. i don't know why the possessed people want to sing door songs but they yeah. do um <laughs> and um um and um and he plays the tape for him because he's still kind of not believing in this oh. whole the audio tape. stuff and he says here look this is a tape of an exorcism the only three people are there are me the, uh, the mother and a five-year-old girl and then you hear like the girl, little girl's voice change. Yeah. And just demonic. Yeah. 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 Um, and right after he plays him that, and he's like, well, he's like, you play pool? He goes, well, yeah, yeah let's go play pool. Yeah, let's play pool. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about possession and exorcisms and stuff like that. You know, um, I don't know why this, you know, troubled past priest would, you know, somehow get into exorcism. We never really get an explanation for that. Why would he even know that? I mean, I don't think that that's typical study, um, unless unless I'm wrong about that. Um, he would have kind of had to do that on his own, wouldn't he? Yeah, they don't say why he became like a demon. What do they call a demonologist or? Mm. As as which far he as said I'm... that's what he referred to himself as one uh, like one point during a movie, right? Um, as far as I know, I could be wrong. Um, when when priests are in, forgive me, I don't know the terminology, priest school. Uh, <laughs> when they're, you know. The seminary. Thank you. <laughs> priest school. Um, they they do learn about exorcism, but I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a strict course you can take to become an exorcist. But I. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but was it in the <clears throat> bar scene when we found out about his former girlfriend? And No, that was, was after. When they that were was in the after. Car. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, um, not to jump ahead, but we established somehow through the priest that this, this particular cop, Sarchi, is a conductor of evil. And that's uh, what they're referring to, what he's referring to as his radar. Um, so that he seems to be in tune with it when it's around. 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, that he seems to, to, uh, to link up with it and, and is drawn to it. Um, I really don't feel like his family stuff came off very genuine. Uh, that's just a note that I threw in here. Um, and I don't understand to this point why his child starts getting tormented. Um, hearing noises in a room, you know, um, that fucking Jack in the box stuff kind of moving around. <laughs> creepy ass Jack walk. in the box. That owl freaked me out. That <laughs> giant stuffed owl. There was no fucking reason for that stupid Jack in the box even being the movie. Had nothing to do with possession. It, it was a scary scene, and I think it was showing that that like he's not his family isn't immune. Like yeah. evil can attack anything, and if they're going to get to him, they're going to go after his family. Yeah. But to this point, wherever all the weird stuff happened, you know, there was writing on the wall. So, yeah. like, as far as we know, there wasn't anything in his house. No. Right. right. So it almost seems like the that main possessed dude, Santino, had the ability to project. Turned his all his fish into us. Remotely. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, his fish started all. Which, if you look in that tank, like, you don't even have to be a fish. They were like all beta fish, which, you know, like those are all the ones in the pet store that are in a bowl by themselves. Mm-hmm. And then an Oscar, which is a chicklet, which are big. You don't you would never put those in the tank. But all these little fish are just devouring this big friggin Oscar. I was like, I thought that was funny. That <laughs> No, no reason for it. But I just thought it was humorous. Well, I know nothing about fish. So that's fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Um so, like, uh, you're saying that normally you wouldn't put those fish in the same tank together. No, if you, you ever go into PetSmart and they always have, like, those fancy beta fish, they're in okay. the little bowls by themselves. Separate little, yeah. Know. That's what, because they'll kill them. So they'll fight. Oh. And, and they had a tank with, like, five of them in it, which you would never have. Like, they would never suggest. And on top of it, another totally different kind of fish that you wouldn't put it with them. Huh. That's what, because they're known for being very solitary fish. This is like my my pet my nerdism popping out, but okay. Do you think they did this with actual fish, or was this a CG application? Because uh, I, looked... I don't think they would do it with actual fish. The Humane Society would be yeah. yeah. Unless know. unless they made the fish they were all eating something fake out of something they would eat. That's what I was thinking. It was made out of fish food or something. And let all, yeah, and let all the other fish just yeah. pick at it. With like red food coloring. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what fish food is made out of? Fish. Do I want to know? <laughs> <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're, I think fish are kind of cannibalistic by nature. Um, um, but uh, when that's all there is that's available. Yeah. So anyhow, that's funny. That's interesting. So um, so we're still on the fence. We don't know if that was if that was a real film moment uh, with those fish just eating something that looked like a larger fish or if uh, they somehow did that another way, like CG or something. I couldn't tell. I thought maybe it was CG. Butler uh, explained how they found Santino's address. Um. And um, I feel like I'm skipping ahead now, but I, I feel like we no, can at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much next. Because 
and, and I'm gonna let you guys go a little bit more over the the exorcism part because I, I didn't really spend a lot of time on that on my last viewing. Um, um, so Santino's a busy dude. I'm mm -hmm. paraphrasing here. He's somehow torments the kid, um, kills Butler uh, in the uh, apartment building. That's another thing. They go there. There's another thing that aggravated the shit out of me. Okay. Okay. Even before he pulled out his knives and did that that failed knife fight, when we first see Butler in there, he's running in with a pump shotgun after a guy with an axe. Mm -hmm. There's no way you should lose. Right. <laughs> You're right. You're pretty much have the one leg up on this guy. He somehow loses the shotgun. Was that when he tripped him on the stairs? Yeah, he lost and the shotgun? the shotgun flew over. Yeah. yeah. And then pulls out his knives, all these fancy knives, and ends up, Santino ends up axing them anyway. So I yeah. felt like that was just a big fail. I remember when we watched it, and you were like, oh, Butler's a badass. And then right after that, he got killed. I was like, apparently not. <laughs> not, <laughs> not anymore. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree then, with you here. And then you had... Um, Jimmy friggin' choking Sarchi out. Oh, like it was nothing. Like yeah. it was nothing. And it, Mendoza, who we told, stay in the car. You're lucky he didn't listen. Because he came and threw the cross on, on Jimmy's and like kept him at bay. Like it was, that was a ridiculous scene. Whole scene. <laughs> all right. First of all, I I wouldn't have stayed in the car either. Um, I would have gone just out of sheer curiosity it, and it would probably would have gotten me killed, but I, <laughs> I would have been dying to know what was going on. Second of all, he, he started um, Mendoza started reciting something and I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. Something from the Bible about, you know, with, that started to weaken him and weaken him. And he finally let go of Sarchi. The knife fight was such a great scene. Joel McHale was a badass. Okay. Was. It was was emphasis on the was and well in the theatrical version he just like emphasis on the Bronx lose. being the Bronx Zoo oh, there's an emphasis on was yeah all right it was a great well, scene Joel McHale did a great job did all of the own stunts and he got um I don't think he got axed he got stabbed of course right where the bulletproof yeah. vest was open on his side and again. Okay, he lost his shotgun. And he bled out. Why are you pulling out a knife? You should have a, a sidearm. I agree. The right, technical should... aspect of this movie was not stellar. You don't pull out a knife. You pull out your gun and put one between his eyes. That's I agree. Like Yeah. I agree. No. But then it would wouldn't be a great scene. The choreography was great. It was it was a great fight scene. It was very yeah. tense and I liked it a lot. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the choreography. Um, if we were going to go that way, I, I'm glad. I'm glad we had it because um, it needed some excitement. Um, because we weren't getting any out of Sarchi. He was just getting choked out on the ground. <laughs> but okay, yeah, the priest. The priest saved Sarchi. Uh, at some point, we got the Marvin story. Um, we we learned that um the reason why he um left the church and stuff like that was mm -hmm. i i guess over over guilt of what he allowed himself to become mm -hmm. uh when he basically beat a child molester to death 
uh, well, child molester slash murderer mm-hmm. uh, because uh, he killed a six-year-old girl. Yes. Um, and you can completely understand, you know, why when he realized the guy returned to a crime scene that he chased him down and beat the absolute dog oh, shit out of him. Without a doubt. Literally I mean, beat the light out of him. And we find yeah. out that that's the scene when they find the six-year-old in the garbage he is the static on the cop's radio and he sees the kids playing. That's what he keeps hearing. Right. Whenever he watches all these videos. Yeah. Yep. And when you when he flashes on an image, it's usually the bloodied up, you know, dying Marvin. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? So you you see it early. You see it in the zookeeper footage. You see it uh, actually he saw him in the mirror in his <clears throat> chi- own child's bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um he uh he flashed on that. Um and it and I think it showed up again somewhere else. So um, this is this is a story that they they gave to us from the beginning. We just didn't understand what we were looking at mm-hmm. until they finally explained it. Um, and honestly, I don't know why his character would would feel guilt over that. Um, you know, it's it's well, but, he's Catholic, <laughs> sure. And guilt and forgive me, you know, for saying this, but the Catholic religion does require guilt on some level and i think it's the, i think this was a very important part of the story um because as we find out later he has to cleanse himself and mm-hmm. confess everything in order to be able to help anybody yeah well that's sure. that's what father mendoza told him he said you yeah. still feel guilt because even what you did to this guy it wasn't justice it was done out of revenge yeah right wrath Right. Exactly. One of the seven. Which I, I been, top seven. <laughs> anybody would have been okay with it. Fuck that guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I would have right. too. I, right. Yeah. Guess I wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, and Bob anybody. Yeah, and anybody you know um, who brought it up, you know, on the police force, you know, who knew anything about it, you could tell they were like, "Oh yeah, you took care of that guy." Yeah, you know, like yeah. like it was a badge of honor to yeah somebody. Yeah. yeah to them it was a good thing. Yeah. Um. So, is this the part where he's like driving home, and like the chick Jane, who we saw in a previous scene, escaped from yes. the mental facility, just yep. randomly jumps off of a building and lands on his car. Yep. Yeah. Well, we find out first the girl Jane killed the doctor, that, that dick doctor. Yeah, the physician yeah. on call or something, whatever yeah. he called himself, and uh. She comes out of the crawling out of the, her cell. You see him dead in the background, and she's like got the keys in her mouth, and she's still foaming. And yeah, he's driving, and like two seconds later, pieces of starchy arm. She timed that jump perfectly because she landed yeah. right on his car <laughs> as he was driving. I'm like, I'm like, what is this? Uh, I'm like, that was a very anticlimactic way to just get her character out of the movie. Out of, yeah. yeah. Let's just throw her off the building. Yeah, they're like, we got to wrap this up. It wasn't good enough just to leave her locked up. She's got to escape and kill herself on his car. Exactly. Um, so. And then he gets a call from his house, and it's Santino. Mm-hmm. And he tells uh, her, he goes, I told her to jump. <laughs> I was like... And he then he, it took him a second. He goes, are you in my house? Like, it didn't, like, realize. Like, that would have been the first thing. I got a call from my house. This guy is like... But it took... He was like, are you in my house after a minute? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Are you in my house? 
New York's <laughs> finest. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> just so, occurred to me. He's a detective, and it took him that long to figure it out. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> wait. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so obviously uh, you know he's like uh, he, he calls in and there's a dead body in the road i'm going to my house meet me there yeah um, fuck the dead body meet me in my house <laughs> um so uh he goes inside of course first thing he sees immediately is santino sticks his gun in his face you know they have this awkward conversation santino's all cut up he's got the words on his body now mm -hmm. like he's a portal now he's uh he's the door mm -hmm. um i don't remember if they played another door song here or not they did earlier in the apartment building they played people are strange but people I don't, are strange I, I don't think they did it here um um he tries to beat him up change into a steam pipe you know, he breaks that you know um, the other cops rush in, they arrest him. Well, because he him. lets them know he took his daughter and his wife. He's like, Yeah, mm -hmm. and he won't tell them where they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um I found that really interesting that he he kidnapped them. Like he's not done that uh to this point in the story for anybody. He's just yeah. created havoc um and caused people to to commit heinous crimes. Um so like, I don't know why he's got it in for the detective here. I got it from like now he's I got it in my head at least that he this demon they want Sarchi. Okay. Because he tell Santino tells you he's like, if you let us in, we'll tell you where they are. Mm. So I'm thinking that they really want him. Okay, that makes sense. Sort of. I mean, de the demon's only purpose is any demon's only purpose is to cause pain. That's all yeah. they do, you know, and that's going after his family and yeah. trying to get him to cross over, you know. Yeah. Yeah. To uh, dispel faith and. Yeah. And prove own... them that they're smart, you know. Prove Dismantle your personal smart. belief system. The thing that uh, that keeps you going keeps every day. Going. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. I'll go along with that. <laughs> so. Uh, so. They take it back to the police station. He's in an interrogation room. I don't know why the hell the priest is there. Like, who let that guy in? Um, they have to perform the exorcism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but it's that's... like, but that's kind of the thing. They're in a police station right now. Somehow they're they're gonna allow an exorcism to take place inside the station. Nobody says shit about it. Got a guy on the other side of the glass going, "What the fuck?" He's like, "Holy!" You know? fuck. That, like, I love those that? scenes. <laughs> I loved it when they showed the guys on the other side of the glass because that was, was funny. That guy they were in such shock, like they couldn't believe what they were saying. Um, <laughs> one big issue I had with that scene was, as anybody who's either Catholic or has seen possession movies, you need church approval to perform an exorcism, no matter mm -hmm. where, no matter when. And this, they obviously did not have church approval. <laughs> right. They're just doing it in a police station. Uh, well, right. It's a it's a very lengthy process. It is, yeah. Because of it's got to go through all the church assholes and mm -hmm. up the ranks and then down, and then they send someone another asshole to freaking assess the situation mm -hmm. to get another asshole to fucking do the. <laughs> Meanwhile, you you got fucking fire shooting out of your eyes and fucking you're flaming and you're waiting on these idiots yeah. to freaking come. 
So this guy, I I think reality, anybody would just fuck this. We're just gonna do this. Yeah. Exorcism now. Yeah. I'll get you know dethroned or whatever it is they do and disbarred. I don't know, but <laughs> we got to find his wife and his daughter. So yeah. fuck it, we're doing it. <laughs> Let's send this to Rome and see what see what see, if see what say, they okay. say. <laughs> we can hold them for seventy two hours, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I forget what he, he had mentioned that before. What whatever it was uh, that they called it when you were like, uh, I don't know, exiled from the church. I don't remember what word he used. Um, it, it wasn't like disrobed or something. <laughs> it was <laughs> defrost. Oh, defrocked. Maybe defrocked. Yes. <laughs> You're a frock now. It seemed like they struggled quite a bit. This guy being the most powerful or most deeply possessed uh, person um, was very reluctant um, to um, push the uh, push the demon out of his body. Um, it was a cool scene. It, I, I'm not gonna yeah. lie; it's probably my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. It was a fantastic scene. Um, yeah. I mean, he just like when he ripped out of the straitjacket, like you're showing, like he had like superhuman strength. Now he was just. Yeah. Well, go go on. You guys can describe it because I feel like you've got this a little bit better in your mind than I do. He, um, Sean Harris, who played uh, Santino, apparently it took seven hours to get into that makeup, to get wow. all that writing. And he had to sleep in it but just because it took so long to do. Um, he did have some issues. You know, we hear about, you know, movies that are made about possession and the devil and strange things that happen on the sets and, you know. Um, Exorcist and the Omen and how all this wacko stuff happened. Sean Harris um, actually had to be taken home after a scene because he fell into some kind of trance. I read this too, yes. Yeah, yeah. and he was speaking in some strange language and nobody could figure it out. And the next, he's, he, the next day when he woke up, he had no memory of anything. He had no recollection of what happened. Nope. <laughs> all right, that's a little creepy. Yeah, yeah. It seems like every every movie that 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 is made about this kind of thing, something happens. Even something, as far as I know, that was the only weird thing that happened. But you know, like you hear about The Exorcist, you know, people dying and the set, you know, catching on fire for no reason, and you know, things like that. But yeah, this guy, something happened to him mentally, and he has no recollection of it at all. Wow. Yep. That's pretty crazy. But wh however they filmed this scene with his head splitting open and the yeah the it was, um, a, it was a great scene. It was fantastic. They did a great job with that. I was just he broke out and took his leg and was just like eating his own leg and fucking chewing and like like <laughs> I was like Yeah. I remember his neck contorted at one point. Yeah, yeah. he bent back and his neck like elongated. It like stretched yeah. out and that was that's pretty Ooh. gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At one point, you know, it's um, I think the the windows blew in or something yes. like mm -hmm. that. And then it started raining inside. I'm yep. like, I'm like, that's an interesting. Mendoza tell Sarchi's like Mendoza tells Sarchi to get out first. And he's like, No, I'm staying. Yep. Okay, then you just read the responses when I ask. Yep. And <laughs> if I found it funny. Because this happens in just about every possession movie I see when there are two people during an exorcism. Um, Mendoza told Sarchi 
Just read from the book. Do not listen to it. Do not engage. Just read from the book. And then what happens? Then, then, then the Santino demon started digging at Mendoza. To Mendoza and Mendoza's getting pissed off and arguing with it, you know, saying that, you know, his child is still is alive. She never had an abortion. Oh, you know, those demons know, always know how to get you. Yep. Yep. That, that cracked me up when he just started listening to him. When went he told right him back, not to. It went right back to Richard Pryor. What'd you say about my mama? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your mama sold socks in hell. What'd you say about my mama? <laughs> but I, I did love, I thought, I thought um, Sean Harris did a fantastic job. Oh, definitely. He, was, he definitely did a good oh, job. Yeah. He was creepy oh, yeah. through the whole movie, but it wasn't towards the end, like right before the the um, exorcism scene. Like he, his face was terrifying. Yeah, he With the was... makeup and he had like, you know, the drips of blood coming down and the way he looked. And then when the exorcism was over and the demon was out, his face just completely transformed back into this innocent guy, you know, who had yeah. no, really no idea what just happened. Yeah. You know, he just kind of wakes up in the middle of this police station, getting rained on, covered in blood, you know. It, it's he did he did an amazing and job. They kind of made Sarchi like the hero again here because like for the whole exorcism he was like falling apart and the priest mm -hmm. was like, "Are you okay? Can you keep?" Can you? He's like, "All right, I'm I'm good." But then when the priest started talking, it like Sarchi was like, "You're telling me you're doing just what you told me not to do. You got a <laughs> like all of a sudden now he's Mister." Yeah, I'm like oh my. Yeah, it was mutual support. It was. Yeah. Like, it was. Focus. Yeah. It, yeah. it was a great scene. That was a great exorcism scene. I would have loved it if he grabbed him and slapped him. Get your stuff together. With the accent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, you keep this shit up, I'm going to put a Red Sox hat on you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're right. When, when it was fun. And he was, I like when he was, as they were going, because he's like, there's five points of the exorcism. There's a, there's the breakthrough, and he's like, okay, we're at the breakthrough. Like he's like explaining every stage to him. I was like, <laughs> yep, like it was a teaching like, moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, who cares? Just fucking get this, this is done. The exorcism masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Apparently, this exorcism went better than the movies you believe yeah. you watched last night. <sighs> Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole nother review. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So, yeah, the police station thing was a little weird for me. I would have found it a little bit more believable had he not had backup go to his house and basically captured the dude, and they did it in his house. That that's worked. what I said. I thought they would have yeah. done it like right there. Like, yeah, yeah. would have worked a little better for me um, as far as the way it was written, and um, then you know you just. Um, kind of leave some of the things that were unbelievable out of it, you know, like, oh, they're just gonna let an exorcism happen in the middle of this, you know, uh, police station, police this, station. This, this room where they interrogate people. All right, with all these other <laughs> cops watching from the one sided mirror, the two sided right. mirror, two way mirror. And yeah. I guess then he reveals where the wife and daughter are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess he still remembers. Yeah, he has no recollection of anything, but he knows where they I are. That's what I didn't yeah. get. I was like, if they do an exorcism. <laughs> And this demon's gone. He's not going to remember. No, he's not going to know where they are. Yeah. It's like the demon knows where they are, not him. Right. So I do. But they go and they find the wife and the daughter. Uh-huh. Dopey yeah. Yankee dude is still wearing that jersey. <laughs> it's like six days now and he's still wearing that freaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Event, you think eventually laundry day is going to come. Yeah, it should. Yeah. yeah, yeah Maybe yeah. it was on the cusp of the cycle, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll change to his Giants jersey or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyhow, yeah, they kind of lost me at the end here. Um, and, and that was kind of what I was alluding to earlier. You know, it just it just kind of fell apart. Um, but, you know, you can you can assume a few things moving forward from this that that he um, um, I think he did retire not long after this. He did. Yes. Yeah. Um, is this where some real life stuff can come in? Yeah. 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 He, he became a demonologist. And. Oh, OK. Before we get into that, you want me to give you this, the, the stats? Go for it. Sure. We just had a budget of thirty million. Hmm. Box office was eighty-seven point nine million. Oh, it's a success. Um, IMDb, the director Scott Derrickson. It's the writers credited are Scott Derrickson, Paul Harris Boardman, and Ralph Sarchi himself. Yep. I know he was on film as a consultant, but IMDb listed him as one of the writers. I don't know if that's hmm. true or not. Oh, okay. And well. Uh, Scott Derrickson, director, known for the Black Phone, Sinister, Doctor Strange, and the Emily, uh, the Exorcism of Emily Rose. Nice, that's that's a pretty good list. That is. Um, Which a cool fact is, the real Ralph Sarchi wrote a book. Um, do I have the name of it? I know I do, but I'm unprepared. Near Dark or something, but he before all this wrote a book of his encounters. Because he apparently did quit the force after, like I said, this movie was all taken from bits and pieces of all his cases. Um, and he wrote a book near dark, um, out of the dark or something like that. But something like that. What happened at night or something. Yeah. And um, what happened was uh, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer bought the rights to the book. Mm-hmm. He bought all the rights, and from there, actually, one of his cases was written into the exorcism of Emily Rose, hmm. and took all the. And they even say took many liberty, many creative liberties to create this movie from bits and pieces. Right. And in real life, he did. Father Mendoza was based on two real priests that Sarchi mm-hmm. was friends with for a long time, and, and but they were he called them. They were regular priests. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you, I didn't print the pictures of them, but they they look like regular older ones, an Irish priest, and they weren't Venezuelan Fabio fucking models <laughs> <laughs> with a lot of Father, hair. Uh, Father Malachi Martin and Bishop Robert McKenna yes. were the two. Yeah. Huh. Wow. And um, Sartre did go on to become a demonologist working on cases and he actually formed I have a, what's the name of it I didn't enlarge this so I'm I'm blind <laughs> he became friends with the Warrens mm-hmm. oh. Warrens and he yep. actually formed the New York chapter of the New England Society for Psychic Research immediately lost credibility <laughs> as soon as you team up with the Warrens <laughs> Bunch of scam artists. Come on. I don't think they are. I think it's, you know what? I think, like everything else with them, 
once you hit a level of, you know, popularity, notoriety, notoriety, you get to, you get shit on it. You get shit on regardless. Yeah. Like, like, and I like, I've spoke to a few people in the group that are like big paranormal. I'm like, what's the deal? Cause like you mentioned paranormal and some people just go off on you and, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of these people didn't even know the one. Like I know a girl, she's in the group um, that she's actually working with the Warren's grandson hmm. doing paranormal research and projects. And, you know, they, they are accredited. I mean, a lot of their stuff, once you start making movies, stuff gets twisted to sell yeah. movies. Oh, yeah. that, that's what people don't realize. Yeah. So what, Happened in real life and what happened in the movies, people, it's like, shocker, that's not how it really happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of bullshit that goes in with it. Yeah. But uh, apparently uh, Sarchi and his wife divorced uh, way earlier on uh-huh. because of his work and didn't I get don't... along with his wife at all. I couldn't do it. I, I give credit to anybody who can who can marry with a cop like that. I I could not do it. Yeah, it was, and they said he. I think he even said it was all because of the job, not anything because of exorcisms or super anything supernatural. Right. It's yeah. basically because he lived for his job and put his yeah. job first. She's like, he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> he yells at our kid. Yeah. Will you shut up? There is um. <laughs> The the little girl in the movie, uh, Lulu Wilson, yes, who yeah. played Christina. Uh, I've found out, and I've seen all these, and I didn't even realize it was her. She was in um, the Fall of the House of Usher, and she was also in, I believe, Midnight Mass. Um, that were both Mike Flanagan yes. TV shows. Um, and as as you know, Mike Flanagan is very loyal to his actors. Okay. So if she keeps doing what she's, I mean, you can call her a kid. She's like eighteen now. Um, I think she's got a big career ahead of her if she's keeps doing what she's doing and stays with Mike Flanagan because he's brilliant. You know, everybody, everybody's jumping on the Mike Flanagan train. I am. I am yeah. completely <laughs> from the haunting of Hill House. I'm, I'm on it. You know, but see, that makes me that makes me not like stuff. Ah, as soon as it becomes like, trendy. I watched his stuff when nobody knew who the fuck Mike Flanagan was. Mm-hmm. And. It's like now it's Mike Flanagan has to be good. Mike. Well, no, no, it doesn't have to be good, but he does. He has done some good stuff. Um, I think. I think historically, Mike has done this with every trend. He's like, yeah. fuck Converse shoes and no, Nicole yeah. just bought Beanie babies and um. <laughs> Nicole just bought a ticket to the Mike. All aboard, Mike Flanagan train. I did not just buy the ticket. I the haunting the haunting of Hill House was fantastic, brilliant. Haunting fantastic. of Hill House was great. Fly the Manor, Fall of the House of and, Usher was great. Fall of the House of Usher was great. That's probably my favorite because I'm Mine I'm a Poe fan. And you know what? I feel bad. Like if you're not a Poe fan, there's a lot you're not going to get. You could probably yeah. still watch it and say, yes, it was good. But there's a lot you're not going to get. Yeah, because every episode, there's something in every, <clears throat> the character's names, everything has something to do with Poe. Um, it's, 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 the way he did it was he told, the whole series tells one story while each individual episode tells the story of another story while still continuing yes. to tell that story main family. story. Mm-hmm. So it's 
he's um but it's also the casting his casting he's he cast some great great actors including lulu wilson who i didn't even realize it was her in it you know that she was the same one from from this movie and um and i i think she's only 18 she's got i think she's got a huge career ahead of her huge Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i'm ready to put a number on this thing and i bet you guys sure um I did my checklist, and of course, this is based on just my own personal feelings, so this is opinion only, mm-hmm. um, but I had to dock it for a couple of things. Uh, believability was kind of a problem for me. Um, how the story was conveyed, I felt it was a little muddy and a little too long. Um, I felt like it was overly dark as far as the like scene choices. Like Everything looked yes. like, like... I mean, you could see what you needed to see, but it just it bothers me when too much of a movie is just darkness and i thought some scenes were shot really well and then other scenes like you said yeah very dark yeah so i i knocked it for those things uh but most other things i was fine with it was interesting it had a thought-provoking plot um the budget appeared to be used pretty well had some cool visuals and some good camera work Uh, the transitions were great um uh the pacing was a little clunky for me like i said it was a little too long um i feel like they could have tightened it up a little bit um somewhere um it i kept getting taken out of it i felt like they overused the doors a little bit too much so i kind of knocked the soundtrack a little bit because i don't have to have you know five door songs in one movie um you can put some original shit in here if you want to do that um how much did you knock off alone just for his accent Uh, you know, funny, strangely enough, I don't have anything in my checklist for bad accents. So uh, uh, I didn't knock it for that. Um, um, I'm not sure if I'm recommending this movie, but I might watch it again. But it's I'm going to I'm good for a while. I'll uh, I might hit it up again, but it's definitely memorable. I, I'm it's going to certain things about this movie are going to stick with me, which, you know, that that says something about it. You know, the fact that I will go back to see it again sometime. Um I gave it a 17 out of 30. Um, so that's basically 50, 56% uh, or 5.6 out of 10. Where are you at, Mike? I'll let Nicole go first. All right, Nicole. <laughs> I'm still deducting the math in my head. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I did not do a point system. Um, so I'm just going by what's in my head. Um, the only things I really love this movie. I did. I, aside from, I love the soundtrack. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big doors fan. Mm-hmm. Um, the casting was great. The special effects were great. The choreography was great. Um, I did not like his accent. <laughs> it's just horrible. Um, and I did not like some of the dialogue. I thought it was kind of cheesy. Um, but as a horror fan and and a fan of possession movies, I'm going with eight out of ten. Oh, wow! Ooh, yeah. high praise indeed. I loved it that much. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Mike! I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see where I deducted. I deducted for his stupid accent. I deducted for all the stupid door songs. I deducted for the stupid knife fights. Um. I deducted for them being portrayed as like the worst. They were like the Keystone Cops, the worst cops ever. (laughs) (laughs) 
the most believable guy in this movie was the zookeeper who fucking turned tail and just fucking ran out because that's probably the most realistic thing that happened. Um, I would normally go 3.5 out of 10, but you know what? I'll go 4 out of 10 because it was still better than The Exorcist. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> wow. Woo. Damn. I uh. said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Well, there you have it, folks. Yep. Uh, not, not an agreement amongst us. Nope. Uh, Three completely different opinions. We are very split on this one. So uh, I would recommend you go check this movie out on your own and form your own opinion. Uh, it's definitely worth a watch. I'd say mm -hmm. give it give it a once over if you haven't seen it before. Um, and uh, if you made it to this point in the show and you have not seen the movie, we just spoiled the shit out of it for you. <laughs> so um, shame on you. You should have stopped and gone to watch it beforehand. Um, but anyhow, um, I think that concludes our talk on this wonderful addition to the possession world uh deliver us from evil um and on behalf of myself on behalf of nicole and mike i say remember why are you son of a <laughs>